Welcome to the Bible in 260 podcast, the podcast that brings you through the entire Bible in 260 days. Have you ever wanted to read the whole Bible but struggled to do so? This podcast is meant to help you do it. With five 15 to 20 minute episodes per week, you will hear the entire Bible read to you. There will also be occasional brief notes to help explain context, as well as a concluding question or thought to consider. So welcome to the Bible in 260 podcast, your journey through the Bible in 260 days. Welcome to episode 91. Today we are uh, continuing our look at David's life and the journeys of Paul and Silas. And in doing so, we are seeing a theme of being safe in God's hands. So as we look at these stories, we'll see how God protects and cares for these, these servants of his, these people who are following him and trusting him, no matter the circumstances. So 1 Samuel 26. The Ziphites came to Saul at Gibeah and said, Isn't David hiding on the hill of Ahakla near Jejmon? So Saul arose and went down to the wilderness of Ziph, accompanied by 3,000 select men of Israel, to look for David in the wilderness of Ziph. Saul camped by the road on the hill to Hakalai near Jeshmon, but David was staying in the wilderness. When he realized that Saul had come to the wilderness to find him, David sent scouts and verified that Saul had indeed arrived. So So David set out and went to the place where Saul was camped. David saw the place where Saul and Abner, son of Ner, the general in command of his army, were sleeping. Now Saul was lying in the entrenchment, and the army was camped all around him. David said to Ahimelech the Hittite and Abishai, son of Zariah, Job's brother, Who will go down with me to Saul in the camp? Abishai replied, I will go down with you. So David and Abishai approached the army at night and found Saul lying asleep in the entrenchment with a spear stuck in the ground by his head. Abner and the army were lying all around him. Abishai said to David, Today God has delivered your enemy into your hands. Now let me drive the spear right through him into the ground with one swift jab. A second jab won't be necessary. But David said to Abishai, Don't kill him. You can extend. Who can extend his hand against the Lord's chosen one and remain guiltless? David went on to say, As the Lord lives, the Lord himself will strike him down. Either his day will come and he will die, or he will go down into battle and be swept away. But may the Lord prevent me from extending my hand against the Lord's chosen one. Now take the spear by Saul's head and the jug of water, and let's get out of here. So David took the spear and the jug of water by Saul's head, and they got out of there. No one saw them or was aware of their presence or woke up. All of them were asleep, for the Lord had caused a deep sleep to fall on them. Then David crossed to the other side and stood on top of a hill some distance away. There was a considerable distance between them. David called to the army and to Abner, son of Ner, saying, Won't you answer, Abner? Abner replied, Who are you that you have called to the king? David said to Abner, Aren't you a man? After all, who is like you in Israel? Why then haven't you protected your lord the king? One of the soldiers came to kill your lord the king. This failure on your part isn't good. As surely as the Lord lives, you people who have not protected your lord, the Lord's chosen one, are as good as dead. Now look where the king's spear and the jug of water that was by his head are. When Saul recognized David's voice, he said, Is that your voice, my son, David? David replied, Yes, it's my voice, my lord the king. He went on to say, Why is my lord chasing his servant? What have I done? What wrong have I done? So let my lord the king now listen to the words of his servant. If the lord has incited you against me, may he take delight in an offering. 
But if men have instigated this, may they be cursed before the Lord. For they have driven me away this day from being united with the Lord's inheritance, saying, Go on, serve other gods. Now don't let my blood fall to the ground away from the Lord's presence, for the king of Israel has gone out to look for a flea the way one looks for a partridge in the hill country. Saul replied, I have sinned. Come back, my son David. I won't harm you any more, for you treated my life with value this day. I have behaved foolishly and have made a very terrible mistake. David replied, Here is the king's spear. Let one of your servants cross over and get it. The Lord rewards each man for his integrity and loyalty. Even though today the Lord delivered you into my hand, I was not willing to extend my hand against the Lord's chosen one. In the same way that I valued your life this day, may the Lord value my life and deliver me from all danger. Saul replied to David, May you be rewarded, my son David. You will, without question, be successful. So David went on his way, and Saul returned to his place. David thought to himself, One of these days I'm going to be swept away by the hand of Saul. There is nothing better for me than to escape to the land of the Philistines. Then Saul will despair of searching for me throughout all the territory of Israel, and I will escape from his hand. So David left and crossed over to King Achish, son of Machoh of Gath, accompanied by his 600 men. David settled with Achish and Gath, along with his men and their families. David had with him his two wives, Ahinoam the Jezreelite and Abigail the Carmelite, Nabal's widow. When Saul learned that David had fled to Gath, he did not mount a new search for him. David said to Achish, If I have found favor with you, let me be given a place in one of the country towns so that I can live there. Why should your servants settle in the royal city with you? So Achish gave him Siklag on that day. For that reason, Siklag has belonged to the kings of Judah until this very day. The length of time that David lived in the Philistine countryside was a year and four months. Then David and his men went up and raided the Gershurites, the Gerzites, and the Amalekites. They had been living in the land for a long time, from the approach to Shur as far as the land of Egypt. When David would attack a district, he would leave neither man nor woman alive. He would take sheep, cattle, donkeys, camels, and clothing, and would then go back to Achish. When Achish would ask, Where did you go raid today? David would say, The Negev of Judah, or the Negev of Jeremiel, or the Negev of the Kenites. Neither man nor woman would David leave alive so as to bring back another news to Gath. He was thinking, this way they can't tell on us, saying, this is what David did. Such was his practice the entire time that they lived in the country of the Philistines. Achish trusted David, thinking to himself, he is really hated among his own people in Israel. From now on, he will be my servant. And so we see in the story again how God continues to spare David's life and protect him from King Saul, who's chased after him, and King Achish, who would have been a mortal enemy of David's. And now we go back to First Chronicles 8 and continue to read the genealogy of the people of Israel. First Chronicles 8. Benjamin was the father of Bela and his firstborn, or his firstborn, Ashbel was his second, Ahara third, Nohah fourth, and Rapha fifth. Bela's sons were Adar, Gerar, Abayud, Abishua, Naaman, Ahoa, Gura, Shephufan, and Huram. These were the descendants of Ehud, who were leaders of their families living in Geba, who were forced to move to Manathath, Naaman, Ahijah, and Gerar, who moved them. Gerar was the father of Uzzah and Ahihud. Shaharayim fathered the sons of Moab after he divorced his wives Hushim and Bara. 
By his wife Hodesh, he fathered Jobab, Zibia, Mesha, and Malcolm, Juesh, Shazaki, and Mirmah. These were his sons. They were family leaders. By Hushim, he fathered Abitub and Elba. The sons of Elba, Eber, Misham, Shemed, who built Ono in the, in, and Lod, as well as its surrounding towns, Bariah and Shima. These were the leaders of their families living in Aijalon and chased out of the inhabitants of Gath. Ahohiah, Jashak, Jeremoth, and Zebadiah, Arad, Eder, Michael, Ispa, and Jodah were the sons of Bariah. Zebadiah, Mushalal, Hiski, Heber, Ishmariah, Izaliah, and Jobab were the sons of Alpel. Jakim, Zikiri, Zabi, Elina, Zedda, Ilya, Adinai, Bariah, Shimri, and were the sons of Shimi. Ispan, Eber, Eliel, Abdon, Zikri, Hanan, Hananiah, Elam, Anothijah, if, Iftiah, and Peniel were the sons of Shashak. Shamshariah, Zechariah, Athaliah, Sheremshmiah, Elijah, and Zikri were the sons of Jehoram. These were the family leaders listed in the genealogical records. They lived in Jerusalem. The father of Gibeon lived in Gibeon. His wife's name was Makkah. His firstborn son was Abdon, followed by Zir, Kish, Baal, Nadab, Gedor, Ohio, Zikir, and Mikloth. Mikloth was the father of Shimei. They also lived near the relatives, their relatives in Jerusalem. Ner was the father of Kish, and Kish was the father of Saul. Saul was the father of Jonathan, Machiel, Shua, Abinadab, and Eshbal. The sons of Jonathan, Mirabal, Mirabal the father of Micah, the sons of Micah, Pithon, Melech, Tarion, and Ahaz. Ahaz was the father of Jehoda, and Jehoda was the father of Alameth, Asmath, and Ziri. Zimri and Zimri. Zimri was the father of Moza, and Moza was the father of Binia. His son was Rapha, whose son was Eliasath, whose son was Aziel. Aziel had six sons, Azakram, his firstborn, followed by Ishmael, Shirai, Obadiah, and Hanan. All these were the sons of Aziel. The sons of his brother Eshek, Ulam, his firstborn, Jewish second, and Aliphalet, third. The sons of Ulam were warriors who were adept archers. They had many sons and grandsons, a total of 150. All these were the descendants of Benjamin. And we conclude today going back to the book of Acts and seeing again how God protects uh, his servants as they continue to serve him and do so in the midst of fierce opposition at times and great danger. Acts chapter 18. After this, Paul departed from Athens and went to Corinth. There he found a Jew named Aquila, a native of Pontus, who had recently come from Italy with his wife Priscilla, because Claudius had ordered all the Jews to depart from Rome. Paul approached them, and because he worked at the same trade, he stayed with them and worked with them, for they were tent makers by trade. He addressed both Jews and Greeks in the synagogue every Sabbath, attempting to persuade them. Now, when Silas and Timothy arrived from Macedonia, Paul became wholly absorbed with proclaiming the word, testifying to the Jews that Jesus was the Christ. When they opposed him and reviled him, he protested by shaking out his clothes and said to them, Your blood be on your own heads. I am guiltless. From now on, I will go to the Gentiles. Then Paul left the synagogue and went to the house of a person named Titius Justus, a Gentile who worshipped God, whose house was next door to the synagogue. 
Crispus, the president of the synagogue, believed in the Lord together with his entire household, and many of the Corinthians who heard about it believed and were baptized. The Lord said to Paul by a vision in the night, Do not be afraid, but speak and do not be silent, because I am with you, and no one will assault you to harm you because I have many people in this city. So he stayed there a year and six months, teaching the word of God among them. Now, while Gallio was proconsul of Achaia, the Jews attacked Paul together and brought him before the judgment seat, saying, This man is persuading people to worship God in a way contrary to the law. But just as Paul was about to speak, Gallio said to the Jews, If it were a matter of some crime or serious piece of villainy, I would have been justified in accepting the complaint of you Jews. But since it concerns points of disagreement about your words and names in your own law, settle it yourselves. I will not be a judge of these things. Then he had them forced away from the judgment seat. So they all seized Sosthenes, the president of the synagogue, and began to beat him in front of the judgment seat. Yet none of these things were of any concern to Gallio. Paul, after staying many more days in Corinth, said farewell to the brothers and sailed away to Syria, accompanied by Priscilla and Aquila. He had his hair cut off at Chenchuria because he had made a vow. When he had reached Ephesus, Paul left Priscilla and Aquila behind there, but he himself went into the synagogue and addressed the Jews. When they asked him to stay longer, he would not consent, but said farewell to them and added, I will come back to you again if God wills. Then he set sail from Ephesus. And when he arrived at Caesarea, he went up and greeted the church at Jerusalem and then went down to Antioch. After he spent some time there, Paul left and went through the region of Galatia and Phrygia, strengthening all the disciples. Now, a Jew named Apollos, a native of Alexandria, arrived in Ephesus. He was an eloquent speaker, well-versed in the scriptures. He had been instructed in the way of the Lord, and with great enthusiasm, he spoke and talked accurately the facts about Jesus, although he knew only the baptism of John. He began to speak out fearlessly in the synagogue, but when Priscilla and Aquila heard him, they took him aside and explained the way of God to him more accurately. When Apollos wanted to cross over to Achaia, the brothers encouraged him and wrote to the disciples to welcome him. When he arrived, he assisted greatly those who had believed by grace. For he refuted the Jews vigorously in public debate, demonstrating from the scriptures that the Christ was Jesus. And so again, we see God's protective care uh, over Paul and his uh, fellow disciples as they work to share the good news of Jesus. And we see God raising up as well other people like Apollos to share the good news, to show from the scriptures that Jesus really is the promised Savior, and to show that Jesus then is really the good news, the Messiah, the Savior of the world for all people, Jews, non-Jews, Gentiles alike, and that we might find true safety in God's loving hands, the hands of Jesus. Thanks for listening to the Bible in 260 podcast. May what you have heard speak to your heart and mind today. The scriptures quoted are from the Net Bible, http netbible.com, copyright 1996-2019, used with permission from Biblical Studies Press, LLC, all rights reserved. Our theme song for the podcast is The Call by Emily Ruth. You can find The Call and other music by Emily Ruth on Apple Music or Spotify or wherever you find your music. You are-